0: Pastor Xavier Reese, proclaiming the simple truth of the voice crying in the wilderness. Listen to John's gospel.
1: He says, there was a man who was sent from God, whose name was John. This man came to bear witness of the light. The disciples of John at one time said, everybody's going to Jesus. And John said this, I must decrease and he must increase. Simple principle that'll make you a great servant of
0: God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The Gospels tell us that John the Baptist was an important man in history. He arrived in time and place for a purpose, and he was the fulfillment of ancient prophecies such as Isaiah 40, verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. And continuing a study series of the Gospel of Luke, Pastor Xavier demonstrates with the ministry of John the Baptist, the Gospels are based in historical fact and not fictional stories or fanciful myth. He'll be drawing today's important simple truths from the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 3. About 14 years have passed between
1: the end of Chapter 2 and the beginning of Chapter 3. And the words of Gabriel are now going to come to pass. In chapter 1, verse 15 through 17, he says, And for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah, that turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people, prepared for the Lord, this is what Gabriel told Zacharias regarding his son to be. John broke the four hundred year silence with the same message the last prophet Malachi closed the Old Testament with: repentance in view of sin, and the coming Messiah. And so, what we want to do is look at the inception of the ministry of John the Baptist, which is characterized by three things here, verse one through fourteen. First, we have the ministry of John was historically documented, verse 1 and 2. Secondly, the ministry of John was scripturally authenticated in verse 3 through 6. And then thirdly, the ministry of John was heavenly initiated, verse 7 through 14. The ministry of John was historically documented. God is known for dates. He's never been late, (laughs) Notice the physician Luke was a good historian and has carefully associated the events of his gospel in relationship to secular events up to this point. Just by way of review, he began by giving us the historical setting of the angel Gabriel's visitation to Zacharias in chapter 1, verse 5, the days of Herod. That's Herod the Great. An evil man, an Edomite, descendant of Esau, he reigned from 37 to 4 BC. The title king of Judea, remember, was conferred to him by Rome's Senate in 40 BC uh, by the influence of Antonius and Octavius. And um, he associated, notice, Zacharias' course to burn incense in chapter 5 of 1 also, in the days of Herod, he gives us his division, the eighth course. Elizabeth was also the Aaronic priesthood. So he dates that aspect with the days of Herod. He gave us the decree of Caesar in chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, Caesar Augustus, dating the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. It came to pass in the days, in those days, those were the days of Herod, chapter 2, verse 1, going back to chapter 1, verse 5. The beginning of the census dated was Quirinius, and Cyrenius was the governor of Syria, in chapter 2, verse 2. Critics tried to find fault in the scriptures, and yet God always finds archaeological digs, and gets people out there, and they've proved that he reigned both in 4 B.C. and 6 A.D., So there's no contradiction. Luke is very, very accurate. Now you realize as you look at the the Bible, all the different dates and everything, the kings and everything, that it's amazing that there's not errors. Because the more factors you have, the more chance of errors. Now, notice here now in our text, verse 1 and 2, having seen that he's already done this in chapter 1 and 2, now here in chapter 3, the physician Luke Related the ministry of John the Baptist to six contemporary figures, making the importance and genuineness of John's ministry. Beginning verse 1, the date of the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar. His name always appears like that, never the reverse. He reigned for two years, uh, conjointly with Augustus, his father-in-law, from 11 to 12 A.D., Augustus died on August 19th of 14 AD. If the two years are included, then Tiberius Caesar's 15th year would be 26 AD. There are others who see don't count the two. They have it between 28 to 29 because sometimes they straddle a year, as you know, the calendar. Uh, This would give us the date of John's ministry when it's taking place. The second person is Pontius Pilate, a contemporary at this time. He was a governor, procurator of Judea, and he governed till 36 AD when he was deposed before Passover. And he is the one who judged Jesus and tried to wash his hands of the whole ordeal. Now, the critics argue for years that there was no one named Pontius Pilate. And they said the Bible's wrong, this and that. And then they began to do digs there in the, on uh, the Mediterranean Caesarea and the amphitheater that's there. They dug up a, a seat tablet with the name Pontius Pilato. Okay? Pontius Pilate. Amazing. The third person is Herod Antipas, one of the three sons of. Herod the Great Uh, Herod died in 4 BC Now he was a tetrarch Notice that Which means a fourth part ruler He ruled Galilee from 4 BC to 39 AD And he was a contemporary with John When we began his ministry So again all these individuals Fall into these dates that he's giving The fourth person Is his brother Philip In um, verse 1 at the end there Also a tetrarch a ruler of a fourth part of the kingdom. He ruled over Iturea and Trachimetes, the territory northeast of the sea of Galilee. Iturea extends east and south of Mount Hermon from Damascus and Transinities lay still further to the east, east of Jordan, north Perea on Transjordan northward. Now he ruled from 4 BC to 33 to 34 a D, again a contemporary. So every time you put more people, more name, God is saying, Check me out, verify me. Now this particular um brother, Philip, he beautified Banyas. The people of the land can't pronounce B, so they always go Banyas, when instead of a P, it's Panyas. And, and so the god Pan supposedly was born in this cave that's one of the headwaters of the Jordan. right at the foot of Mount Hermon. And um he beautified and called Caesarea Philippi in honor of Caesar Philip. And it was in that place where Jesus took his disciples and asked, who do men say that I am? And they say, you're John the Baptist, you're Elijah, this and that. He said, but who do you say that I am? He said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed thou art, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood is not revealed to you, but my Father which is in heaven upon this rock, I will build my church, that I'm the son of the living God and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right in the middle where all this pan-God worship and all this Caesar worship is God himself, the only one to be worshiped. <laughs> Amazing. Now the fifth person is like Sien- Sienaes, Sienaes, a tetrarch of Abilene again, and he ruled the fourth part again, the territory lay, the, um, on the eastern region of Abil- and to Babylon or, or uh, Lebanon. That's northeast of, of Damascus. So all these territories are to the north of Galilee and also to the east. And at um, his death, his part fell to um, Philip, forming the dominion of uh, King Agrippa I and also the second. And you find that in Acts chapter 12 and 25. Not much is known about Licinius. The critics charge again Luke with error historically, but again, uh, an archaeological dig um, found an inscription on the side of Abila to the dedication of a temple, and it read, quote, Nymphaios, a freedman of Licinius, the Tetrarch. <laughs> and this is stuff that happens all the time. Uh, whenever they're building roads in Israel, they usually have to veer off because they start digging and find an archaeological dig, so then they have to change their route so they don't destroy it and go somewhere else. <laughs> And it just uh, verifies the scriptures in a further way. Now, the fourth brother was Archelaus, and he's not mentioned here, but he ruled Judea, Samaria, and Edom, and he was a bad king. You remember, he's recorded in Matthew 2.22 when Joseph was told to flee to Egypt with Jesus and Mary, and then once everybody wanted to kill him, was dead, the angel told him to come back. And it says, uh, but when... He heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea. Instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. So Archelaus is mentioned there in Matthew. Now, the sixth involved two people you can divide them up and have seven if you want That's Annas and Caiaphas here uh, there were there was never two high priests at the same time some people say that there never has been but between 37 BC and 26 AD there was about 29 high priests Annas um, the rightful priest here from 7 uh, AD to 14 AD he was deposed around 1516 and he was out of office but there was about four of his sons that succeeded him. And Caiaphas was really his son-in-law, and he was appointed high priest by Rome. So he was like a figurehead, and he was deposed in 36 A.D. Both were contemporaries alive when John began his ministry. So Either the date is 26 A.D. or 28 to 29 A.D., depending which way you count it, okay? And I don't have time to get into the whole aspect of the four-year calendar, how they messed it up. Not the Bible. People did the calendar because Jesus was born the time of Herod. He died in 4 B.C. That's four-year difference in the way it goes, okay? So the the calendars of men have been had to be readjusted at different times. But that's another story for a different day. Now, Notice the physician Luke declared that at this particular time in history, God called John to begin his ministry. And and in verse 2 there, the word of the Lord came to John, and God spoke directly to John to start his ministry as a forerunner Messiah. The word, word that came to John is rhema, the utterance, the voice of God. The word came, eras, mean, merely historical, indicating the emphasis at this historical time. At this time, God is the one that, that, that begins things and ends things and brings things to pass. He uses people and he prepares people, but it's he who's in control of the schedule. Now John is referring to the son of Zacharias, notice, he isn't referred to as a prophet or anything else here, the son of Zacharias, And I'm sure for all those contemporaries that we read in chapter 1, 65 and 66, that they were wondering the nature of this child and what the future held. Well, all of a sudden, all these years have passed by. He's in his mid-20s. He's uh, close to 30. And uh, he's, um, all of a sudden, God's moving, and they're going to see exactly what God had for him. Remember, John is six months older. Than the Lord Jesus and their cousins, John at the time was in the wilderness. It says, the desert area uh, down by the Jordan, in contrast to the cities and the towns. Um, Luke tells us in Luke 180 so the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert till the days of his manifestation to Israel. Doesn't mean he was a hermit that he lived out there like some kind of caveman. It meant that he just withdrew away from the city, stuff like that. People are like they don't like the city. They go out and they get some property, two, three acres, nobody around for ten miles. That's what they like. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what it means. Now, the other gospels give us supplementary material. Matthew and Mark say the wilderness of Judea. And again, that's that area out there, but they give it by the different identities. Uh, Matthew 3, 1 and Mark 1, 4. Matthew tells us John was clothed in camel's hair and uh, with a leather belt around his waist, kind of Elijah type of guy. And he, for food, he ate locusts and, well, honey. Uh, Matthew 3, 4 Mark 1, 6. Some have attempted to identify John with the Essenes. Uh, down in the Dead Sea, they were a very ascetic group. There was also the Ibionites But uh, it, 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 there's no evidence at all. Remember, John was of the priestly line. He should have been preparing for the priesthood. At 25, they went into their apprenticeship. At 30, they entered in. He never did that. He was called to be a prophet. You remember somebody else that that happened to? Ezekiel. Ezekiel was in the priestly line. He he trained, but he never got to be a priest because God called him to be a prophet while he was in Babylon. So there's a parallel between those two. Now, notice John appeared as a sudden fire in the wilderness. Again, the parallel passage, Matthew 3, Mark 1, uh, John chapter 1 gives you the other aspects of the ministry of John and baptism there. Now, the date of the first coming of Jesus Christ was given by God to the Jews, but they missed it. It's seen in the fulfillment of Matthew 21 when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey. The starting point was the command to Artaxerxes to Nehemiah on March 14, 445 B.C. Projected forward 483 years or 173,880 days because it's based on a 360 calendar year, not 65. That landed right on Sunday the 6th of April thirty-two right on time they knew exactly the day jesus said in matthew and luke 19 we'll get there if you would have known this thy day the things that were prepared for you but now they are hidden from your eyes well it's important that you study the bible so you know god's schedule the old testament is filled with specific uh, dates and prophets proclaiming their proclamations in conjunction with other kings and 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 sometimes their enemies and all that and It's just an immense amount of information and the more you put in, the more there is a chance of error. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 is an example. Listen, the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, unto whom the word of the Lord Yahweh came in the days of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign, it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Whoa. God is saying, check my history out. Verify me. Amazing. The number of years of captivity were prophesied as 70 in Babylon, and they were fulfilled to the day. Jeremiah twenty nine ten says, "For thus saith the Lord Yahweh, after seventy years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you, and cause you to return to this place." Meaning Jerusalem. Daniel in captivity, Daniel nine two. He says, "In the first year of his reign, I." Daniel understood by the books of the number of the years was specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Accurate. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. Prophet for doctrine, for proof, correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Second Timothy 3:16 and 17. That means that's God's breathed out, expired word. This is not the words of man. God gave this revelation. Second Peter 1, 19 and 21 says, and also we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. He says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any Private interpretation. That's a horrible translation. Strike it out. This is what it says. It's of of no personal origin or source or impulse. And watch how that's exactly what it says because look what follows. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved or literally carried by the Holy Spirit. So when these prophets spoke, they spoke by the impulse and anointing of the Spirit of God, not of their own thinking. They didn't say, well, I think I'll prophesy. Well, I think I'll write a book. No, no, no. So Timothy, revelation. Peter, inspiration. The ability to preserve what God has revealed. Wow. That includes Old the New Testament, by the way. The ministry of John was historically documented being very... Reliable. Secondly, three through six, the ministry of John was scripturally authenticated. Look at verse three. John went throughout the area of the Jordan River. John went out and um, he moved as a prophet periodically from region to region. The Gospel of John one twenty eight tells us the region of Bethabara and Bethany. Uh, He mentions Enion and Salim in chapter 3, verse 23. That's that whole region back out there in the Judean uh, area. And the region around the Jordan is the area where the Jordan flows down to the Dead Sea. The elevation goes in the Judean wilderness there about 600 feet below sea level. And it drops down to 1,385 feet. The Dead Sea is the lowest point on the earth. John went about preaching the gospel. The word preaching is caruso, a very important word in the New Testament. It means to proclaim more announce as a herald. The herald was hired by the king of the state to make official proclamations. That message was not his. It was given to him. The authority was not his. It was vested to him. He was not responsible for the response of the message he proclaimed, only that he proclaimed the message. He didn't dare try to change one word of the proclamation. And the same with the gospel. It's God's word. You have the authority of heaven to minister it. Don't touch it. You're not responsible for people's response. You're only responsible for proclaiming it. I'm amazed how many men who say they're of God... Mess with God's word. And instead of it being good news, it becomes man's news. No fear of God. The proclamation was the baptism of repentance notice. The article A is not in the Greek text, stressing the meaning of the three nouns the Greek scholar Lenski tells us. The message was a baptism that was marked by repentance. Literally, repentance baptism the preaching was clear repentance alone met the condition for this baptism repentance as you know means a change of mind about guilt sin with a change of heart this is distinct from regret of the consequences of just mere sorrow 2nd Corinthians 7 9 through 10 that kind of regret just brings forth death you do it again True regeneration, you are glad you repented. And it brings a change of mind with a change of heart and life. Now, notice the outcome or result was the forgiveness of a person's sins. The word remission means to release from the root, to send away or depart. The forgiveness was based on the proclamation. Of the gospel that Jesus was Messiah, the Lamb of God, who would die to take away the sins of the world. John said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, in John 1:29. The word sin, as you know, harmashia means to miss the mark. You ready for the mark? It's perfection. Listen to John's gospel, chapter 1, 6 through 9. He says, There was a man who was sent from God, whose name was John this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe he was not the light but he was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world there John says that John the Baptist was not the Messiah he was proclaiming the Messiah Jesus Christ and he makes a distinction the disciples of John at one time said everybody's going to Jesus and John said this I must decrease and he must increase. Simple principle that will make you a great believer, (laughs) a great servant of God.
0: Pastor Xavier Rees, closing with important simple truths drawn from Luke chapter 3 about the reliability of the message and ministry of John the Baptist. Now you can hear this message again anytime online by simply selecting today's date at the radio listings link you'll find at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And you can also request a CD copy of this study message simply titled, The Ministry of John the Baptist. Pick up a copy for yourself or a friend for only $4. We'll be providing the complete message, including much that we just didn't have the time to include on the air. Now that title to ask for once again is, The Ministry of John the Baptist. Make your request by writing, Simple Truths. 9-1-1-0-7. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And join us right here next time for more on the mission and ministry of John the Baptist on Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese.